Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. Turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 30. I'm going to use two other scriptures, but just as you're going there, Psalms chapter 30. Nothing else will do. Lord, I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Lord, I just want you. Nothing else, Lord Jesus. Nothing else, Lord Jesus. Nothing else will do. Psalms chapter 30. If you're there, say amen. Let me give you two verses before I get there. One verse is Numbers chapter 23, verse 20. And it says, Behold, I have received a command to bless. And when He, capital H, when He has blessed, then I cannot revoke it. Huh. You know, anybody ever thought, well, my life is cursed? If you're a Christian, it's not. If you're a Christian, I, I know it's kind of, it, it's, it's elementary. But when somebody tells me that, that my life is blessed, I'll say, I'm rubber and you're glue. What you say to me bounces off of me and sticks to you. I'm just, I'm not cursed. I know I'm not. I'm a child, but Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. <laughs> but did you catch that last part that you said? I don't know what you've been through, but you've been through. You came through. You're not still there. And if you are still there, keep marching. Nobody ever told you to set up camp in the middle of hell. Nobody ever told you to set up camp in the middle of the shadow of death. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So, I, when he has blessed, then I cannot revoke it. Then John chapter 16, verse 20 says this, Truly I say to you, that you will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice when you do this. You will grieve, but your grief will turn into joy. Hallelujah. How many is ready for some joy? Just look at your neighbor and say, then take it. Take some joy. Quit leaning on your own understanding. And then in Psalms chapter 30, go there with me. For his anger... Is but for a moment. Anybody other than me ever thought God was mad at you? There, sometimes it has kept people from coming to Christ because they thought that God was mad at them. Huh. If He was, it was but for a moment. But His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Would you just shout for a moment? Shout of joy. Yeah. Comes in the morning. And most of the time we stop right there. But here's what, he, here's what the psalmist said. 
Now, as for me, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. A lot of us say that then. Oh, Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountains to stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Hallelujah. Do you have verse 12? You don't have verse 12? Well, I do. That my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. They said, Lord, David was saying, what good is it if I go to the pit? Will my dust cry out to you? He says, no, let me go ahead and sing praises to you now. He said, you have turned my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness that my soul. You've done this so that my soul may sing your praise. So that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you've been silent long enough. You've been silent long enough. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Can I just ask this question? I know when in the good times, in the times of prosperity, we say things like, if God doesn't do another thing for me, Come on. If God doesn't do one more thing for me, I'll praise Him till eternity. And then you go for a few weeks, a few months, and you don't feel or sense God doing something. You, God, where are you? I want you to know the same God that you worshiped in the good times is the same God that you can worship in the bad times. The same God that traded your mourning for dancing. And your sackcloth for gladness. He's in the house today. Can you say amen? Thank you. Thank you, uh, uh, musicians. That's what your name is. Hallelujah. It's hard. I want to talk to you today. Let me give you the title. I want to talk to you this morning about transition time. Transition time. I mean, it, does it always seem like that we're in a time of transitioning from one thing to another? You know, listen, if you're a preacher, every other day is Sunday. Somebody, talk, somebody asked me, they said, Pastor, don't you just get up there and say what the Lord tells you to? Well, that's what I hope to do. But you got to put something in in order for something to come out. And for it not to come out in a shotgun form, you got to study and put a message together. And for those of you who never done that, I've been doing it 30 years. It still don't get easy. It still ain't easy because I don't take it lightly. However, 
Sometimes it's hard to see God at your midnight hour. When you are sick on your bed, or when you've just lost a loved one, or when something has happened in your life, it's hard to see God at your midnight hour. Sickness, divorce, between jobs, pandemic. What you, you can just place in there whatever you are dealing with. Children, spouse. Ain't nobody saying amen right there. Whatever you're dealing with, it's hard to see God some, sometimes. Because we do just what the enemy wants us to do. We focus on the problem and not God. Well, but, but the problem is right here. So is God. The problem is, is in my face. So is God. You've got to decide which one you're going to really look at and really focus in on. You see, the fact is, is that trouble comes into my life in two ways. Are you ready? This is deep. Invited trouble, stuff that I do, stuff that I invite. You know, some people go, I always follow Jesus. You are a liar. Because sometimes you just make stupid choices. And it has nothing to do with Jesus and everything to do with you and your flesh. I'm talking to y'all, not me. Of course it's me too. Most of the problems I get myself into, I ask God to get me out, and but yet I didn't ask God before I went in. But God is faithful. Oh, God is faithful. If you seek God, if you seek God and His understanding... His will, or He will turn around, or turn it around, but there is that transition time from trouble to victory. But we want an instantaneous. We want a microwave God, and God normally deals with us in a crock pot way. Slow cooking. Slow moving. It always tastes better. And when you're done, you know that you've, been, you've seen the hand of God. When it's done, you know that you've been with God. Sometimes instantaneously, you thought you had something to do with it. Satan definitely desires to create circumstances which make it difficult to perform and to do God's will. But we have to learn to see beyond our now. Where you are now is not where you always will be unless you get your eyes fixed on where you are now. You know, they used to, they, they told me, I've never, I've never done it, but my, I've got two nephews that are, that are uh, I don't forgot what they call them, but they're, they, they walk those uh, uh, metal beams. They're, they're, they're iron workers, thank you. And so uh, they, they walk those metal beams. And what they tell me is you never look where your feet are you always look at where you're going. That's what you've got to do. You don't look at exactly where you are because you might get depressed looking at where you are right now. But where you've got to look at is where I'm headed. 
Where is God taking me to? I'm going beyond where I am right now. I may be here right now, but, 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 but what did he say? He said it may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. I may have to endure what I'm going through right now, but midnight hour is not, is not a thousand years long. It's not 20 years long. A midnight hour is that. It's an hour. It's midnight. It means it, it, and even if it feels like it's 20 hours, even if it feels like it's 20 years, you are, you are closer to the end than, it was, than you were when you started. Hear me, church. We must, while in the pain and anguish of today, have the ability to see a blessed tomorrow, no matter how bad it might be today. Because God is going to bless you if you just hold on. We got to understand, one of my favorite scriptures, and there there are hundreds of them in there, but the scripture that says, and it came to pass. I love it when it passes. I don't like it when it's here, but I love it when I can say, I came through it. I love it when I can say, and it came to pass. So point number one, if you're taking notes, time of tra- times of transition. A transition is defined as passing from one condition or one form to another, or one stage, or one activity, or one place to another. It is the time when you start and the time that you get there. The in-between time is called transition. Just as you place water. And now, now if, you're, if you're under 30, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But remember when you had to put water in ice trays in order to get ice? And you put it in the freezer. For you, under, for you underage folks, you had to literally, it was so hard. You had to pour water into an ice tray and then... Balance it and put it, in the, put it in the freezer and let it sit there a while until it turns to ice. Until it became an ice cube. Until it went from liquid to solid. Am I talking to anybody? And sometimes you, were, you, you, you got tired of waiting and you would go check it and put your finger in it. And then the top of it, which was ice, would bust and the rest would be liquid. Why? You didn't give it enough time to get solid. I'm talking to somebody right now. You ready for it to be over and you keep sticking your finger in it and it ain't ice yet because the transition is not over. It has transitioned partly but not all the way but God's about ready to take some folks to the other side. It's about ready to take you through that transition. Woo! If, if you're in music, if you're in music, is this thing still on? When you're in music, there's transitions. See, there's a, I'm caught up in your presence. Here's the transition. See, that's not really in there, but it's a transition to the next note. But if you don't get the transition, I'm caught up in your presence. Ain't the same. Caught up in your presence. It's a build up. It's a build up in the right direction. It's a build up to the next chord. See, that's the transition. You got to recognize that you're in a transition, but Pastor, it looks like I'm going down. Well, keep going. Because if there's, there's got to be a bottom. 
And when you hit the bottom, you're coming back up. Or maybe when you learn what God's trying to teach you, you won't have to hit bottom. You learn what you need to learn and start coming back up. My God, I'm preaching right now. You got to get this concept to get from A to D. There's a B and a C. Did you catch that? We want to stop. We want to jump. Listen. You know, I'm 55 years old now. And I got kids that are 28 and 24. And one of my kids is married. They can't expect to have what I have. That's taken me 35 years to accumulate. But America has given it to us and made it easy because of this thing called credit. And the credit is what gets you in trouble. Because you don't look at what you owe. You just look how much a month it is. What are my payments? They financing cars now. Twelve years sometimes. It ain't worth nothing after five or six. But are are you listening to me? You got to recognize that your mom and dad didn't get what they got when they got married. There had to be, I need a little bit more. I don't know what's going on with this, but I need, because I can't hear myself up here. And I feel my voice going out already. And so I might need a little little bit of bass. I'm not sure. I need a little something, something. All right. But you've got to recognize that there is a time. Now, check this out. I think it's my next slide, Charlie. There is the preview. There is the process. And then there is the product. The preview is what it's going to be. But then there's a process. And if it doesn't go through the process, then the product will be no good. And some of us have tried to skip the process and wonder why our product is no good. Listen, just because you got married doesn't mean that your marriage is good. Because you skipped the process of what? Developing that the product, which is your marriage. How about your finances? Well, I, I just knew I was going to get paid next week, so I just went ahead and spent everything I did this week. Don't point at nobody, but how many folks who knew folks went back when movies were open? Well, I don't have money to pay a rent. I might as well treat myself to a movie. Well, pastor, something but $10. The process. Now, am, am, am I, everybody get what I'm trying to lay down here. It's the process that is so important. The preview and the product aren't nearly as important as the process. Because the process during the process is the time when your enemy wants to work. It's in the transition. It's in the transition where he's wanting to work. When you're in transition, you have to look at where you're going and where you have come from and see that where you are going is worth the trouble to get there. Where have you been? Where you are and where you're going. And the devil likes to hide where you're going. And the devil can't hide it. He just obscures it. And you don't see it. But you can see it with the faith in God. You can see that I'm not always going to be dilapidated. 
you can see that I'm not always going to be I'm not always going to be uh, uh, mean. I'm not always going to be on the rocks. I'm not always going to be this way. In the name of Jesus, I'm in the process of moving from one form, one position to another position. But what you've got to be careful is is in that transition. In all of our lives, we have times of transition in varying degrees from boyhood to manhood. And sometimes we men don't get out of that boyhood stage. And then women want to marry a man, but they didn't realize they married a boy. And then you say, I didn't marry my mama. Then why you want her to pick up your clothes off the floor but let me move on? Pastor, you messing with my household. Good. Good. But But you're getting this. A lot of problems in marriages is that the boy did grow up. Well, I know, and I told him he shouldn't play with video games. That has nothing to do with it. I don't care how many video games he plays. Play them, maybe. But the boy part, or even the girl. The girl don't, don't want to be a mama. You had the baby. You got to be a mama. Come on, somebody. There's a transition from sinner to saint. Now, in my spirit, I'm a saint, but I also know in my flesh, I am not. Why? Because I still struggle. How do you know I struggle? My wife tells me. My staff tell me. I still struggle. Have you ever been a part of a church? And the changing of leadership in church is at a point, and it's very dangerous for churches, and churches have shut down because they messed up during transition. How many of us that our kings changed, but we didn't change? You're still trying to let Paul and Saul be your king, but David has taken the throne. The devil's not your king anymore. God is. So listen to me. From baby in Christ to maturity, the enemy will send an offense during transition so when you get to maturity, you'll not be what you're supposed to be. Did y'all catch that? When you should be grown, you're not grown. Because something happened from poor to wealthy. See, I know folks who went from poor to wealthy and forgot what it was like to be poor. Amen. But the ones who go from poor to wealthy and remember what it was to be poor usually Keep their wealth. Because they never forgot where they came from. They remember the transition. How many many folks do you know that their parents were wealthy and then the kids took over and then they lost everything? Right? Because they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know how to handle it. They wasn't mature enough for it. From a small church to a large church. 
See, some of y'all don't remember this because many of you wasn't here. I'm looking around real quickly, and I'm not, I know Melissa was here, and I'm looking around. There's a few of you that was here when we was in the old church. There we go. Yeah, there were some that were here that was in the old church. But when I remember when we started going from a church of 100 to a, hundred, a church of 200. And people would start, we, we had to start, start changing our vocabulary. We quit saying this little church. Because we wasn't a little church no more. We were a big church before we ever got to be a little, or before we, uh, we were a big church in our mind before we ever became a big church. Are you listening to me? You got to change your mentality. You got to start talking like you're coming out instead of like you're going in. You got to start talking like you're about to come out and be an overcomer instead of talking like you're not going to come out. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. But you've got to make sure, we have to be careful that when we get there, that we are who we're supposed to be. How many, how many, those of you that raised your hand, how, how many of you remember me saying, if we get over here to this big church and we don't have what we got, what we had over in the old church, I put a lock on this building and we'll go back over there. Because I want to remember what we had. And, and you know, and, and I can't tell you how many preachers and how many pastors come to our church from time to time and say, I cannot believe that you guys are this large of a church but still have the Spirit of God move. I mean, we had thir- almost 13 people filled with the Holy Ghost last Sunday. Come on. Why? Because we remember who we came to the dance with. It was God that birthed it. It was God in the transition. And when we end this thing, it'll still be God because He is the author and the finisher of our faith. How many folks do you know? See, listen, because if you are transitioning from struggle to victory, the devil, my God, you got to hear this. What's my next one? Do I have this one? I do. The devil cannot stop your victory. But the enemy will try and get something in your spiritual DNA so that when you get to where your victory is, you are not what you were supposed to be. Listen, how old is Selah? Nine months. Good job. You better know that, son. (laughs) Selah is nine months. Hey, baby, come here. And she is... Perfect in every way. Doesn't look like Joe, thank God. No, I'm just kidding. She does look a lot like Joe. But she'll grow out of that. Yeah, baby. You're going to be cute. Yeah, no. But listen. And every mama in here knows what I'm talking about. Started out with a seed. Remember when, when your little peanut wasn't but a nothing but a peanut. And then it started transitioning. It got bigger. But if something happens in the womb, when it is delivered, it's not what you expected. Because you expect a healthy baby. You expect, right? Am I talking to anybody? So that's what happens to so many of us is that we compromise so that we can get to victory. And we're not who God called us to be once we get there. How many of you know preachers who once were anointed, but then, as my mama would say, got too big for their britches? How many Christians do you know 
that used to have a heart toward God, but now they've become cynical. I'm talking to some older Christians right now because I have to pray against that sometimes because of some of the Christians I deal with. Because something gets in their DNA. And they started out on the right track, but somewhere they got off. And now that they have arrived, they're not who they were supposed to be. Anybody remember the 1987, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself now. Remember the, the science fiction horror flick called The Fly? How many remember The Fly? And The Fly, now if y'all help me, The Fly, the guy transported himself from one place to another. But a fly got into the situation And by the time he was delivered to the other place, once he arrived, the fly's DNA had gotten into him. Well, that's science fiction. Yeah, but I'm trying to tell you about reality. That's why it's important who you hang with. That's why it's important who you, you know, look around. Look at your friends. Your four closest friends is is a sample of where you're going to be in the next five years. Woo! You need a new friend there, Gypsy. You're sitting next to Popeye. I'm just kidding. Oh, you ain't that friend. They just come to church together. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. But that's some truth. You need some people in your life who has come through what you've been, what you're going through. Who can look at you and say, "You got to be careful, man. If you get around cynical people, guess what? You become cynical." If you get around mean people, guess what? You become mean. If you get around negative people, you become negative. And God wants you to be who he called you to be once you arrive where he told you to be. Come on, somebody. See, if we have to be careful what gets into our chamber. The Apostle Paul recognized this during his difficulties in ministry. He called it the influence of the thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. Paul listed 22 major problems he encountered as he ministered throughout the world in 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 30. But I want to refer to this messenger of Satan as a hindering spirit. But Paul had the ability to see God even through shipwreck, even through being beaten, even through being stoned. We've got to learn to see beyond the struggle of today. God allowed this hindering spirit to go unrestrained against Paul's ministry. God And Paul said God permitted it, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, he, so that he would not be exalted above measure. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. It might be to keep you from getting puffed up. Listen, I've told this story so many times I'm getting tired of telling it. But when we built this building, we did all the research. We, hired, we, we thought we hired the right guy. We did everything that we, I mean, we, man, we were, we were, we were very uh, um, uh, uh, methodical in hiring the, the, the right architect, having the money in place, so forth, so on, because we just wanted it to be a smooth building. Well, it took three years. That's not a smooth building. And one day I was complaining to God and asking him, God, why in God's name did you allow this to happen? Lord, we did all of our research, blah, blah, blah. And here's what the Lord said to me. I couldn't believe he talked to me this way. I know he talks to you sweet, but he talks to me sometimes just plain. He said, Ronnie, if I'd have let you do it your way and went through the way that you wanted to do, you'd have got the credit for it. 
I said, no, I wouldn't have, God. Anybody ever argue with God? Uh-uh, God, I know me. You'd have took credit for it. And you'd have said, yeah, we did this, we did that. He said, but now the only person who can get credit out of this is me because it had to be my hand to bring you through it. Point number two is the reversal of trouble. When Satan mean, what Satan means for our evil often backfires and ends up for our good. What the enemy meant for evil, he turned it for my good. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, Psalms 37, 23. One of my favorite passages dealing with this subject is when Joseph and his brothers who had sold him into slavery years prior, here's what he said in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He says, what you intended for evil, God intended it for good. How do you know that God didn't allow you to go through what you're going through to keep you from being puffed up? If God would have gave you the victory easy, you would have forgot who the victory came from. So let me remind you of something. God, i got to hurry. Let me remind you of something that Satan can't see the other side of trouble. He doesn't know if you're going to pass the test or fail the test. He's just going to put it in front of you. Only God knows. Come on, somebody. Only God knows. Only God knows. Joseph could have gotten messed up in transition. But he also had the ability to see beyond the pit, beyond the slavery, beyond the betrayal, beyond the prison. He saw beyond that and saw God. Satan can't see the other side. So do you think that the enemy would have ever, it could have ever seen the outcome of what he placed Joseph's what he placed into Joseph's brother, he would have done it. If he could have saw the outcome of putting Jesus on the cross, would he have went through with it? Putting Daniel in the lion's den, putting the three Hebrew boys in the fire, he would have never done that because the, the, the victory of that was that Jesus showed up on the third day. The victory of that is that God closed the mouth of the lion. The victory of that is the three Hebrew boys were walking around with the fourth man in the fire. The devil doesn't know the outcome and cannot just say about you and me he doesn't know it but we're about to have victory on this side hey do you think he'd have put Paul and Silas in prison if he'd known Paul and Silas was going to lead a revival no he wouldn't have done it what about Job through the test and all the things that he went through. In Job 42 and 5. I love this verse because here, here's what he said. He said, I've heard of thee with the hearing of the ear. But now I see thee with my eyes. Huh. What, what does that mean, Pastor? Let me, just, let me just run a couple of them down. What it means is Joseph said, I heard that he was a healer. But now I know he is. Woo! What it, what it means is, I, I, I heard that he was a restorer, but now I know he is. I, I, I know that the devil's ploy was to get you to see God, or to get you to see God in a, in, in a bad sight, but because of what God's done, I see him in a clearer light. I see him as, as better than ever. I can't believe that the devil has done this, and I just can't believe that God brought me through it. But now that I'm on the other side, I look back and say, I see the hand of God everywhere that I've been. I see the hand of God delivering me. I see the hand of God prospering me. I see the hand of God. See, point number three, transition is process. 
Plain and simple. Process. Mark 8, 23 through 26. We have the story of the blind man. I'm not going to read it for time's sake. We have the story of the blind man who was healed by Jesus, but it wasn't done instantaneously. It wasn't done. He was a man was in transition. In this story, he touched him. He said, do you see? Can you see? He said, I see men as trees. And then God gave him, or Jesus gave him another touch. And then he saw clearly. Why? This is a picture of the journey of a Christian. We are in the process of seeing Jesus more clearly. That's what we're in. You know, I, and <clears throat> over here, man, my mind just went blank. And I cannot even remember your name. And I know it just as good as I do my own. Tell them I'll give it to me. Nicole and who? Darian. I thought you said Derek. I'm like, I know that ain't his name. What, two years ago now? Has it been two years? Almost two years ago. We realized that they rushed their child to the emergency room. The child had passed. It was done. Here's what their words were. They said, we've heard of people having a but God moment. And now we have ours. Come on. That baby's in the nursery right now. Healthy. Amen. Don't even look like Darian. Praise God. And matter of fact, they're getting baptized. Come on, on, on the, at the end of, end of November. Start looking. Start seeing God. Lord, when I go through a trouble, God, I start out in the beginning. What you're trying to show me. Let me go ahead and learn what I need to learn so I can get up out of here. And I don't want to repeat it. I don't want to not pass go. I don't want to not collect my $200. I want to go past go. Monopoly, those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all need to get out a little bit more. It's not the trouble, but my reaction that determines our victory. When you hear a bad report, listen to me closely. I, had, I just used this just, just this weekend. I, I wrote it and then I had to use it. When you hear a bad report or hear that a failure is in the making, you will make your biggest mistakes in the first 24 hours. While you're raw, while your emotions are high, let it set. Pray over it. See, what you do or say could be the wrong thing. Because anger and frustration are at its highest level the first day of a bad report. That's why you got to be careful. That's why you got to be careful when you and your spouse fight. When y'all fight, you better cool down. Well, I ain't going to change my mind. When you get mad on the job, I don't need you. I quit. And then you get home and thinking, I need groceries. I need gas money. I need rent money. Come on, somebody. I need some stuff. But because you made that quick decision, that quick temper, and quit losing your temper, nobody else wants to find it. Maybe that's why Job kept his mouth shut for seven days. Job 2.13 said that he didn't want to sin with his mouth. Our words frame our world and give life to good things as well as bad things. The word of God declares that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Musicians, come on back. I'm winding down. He knew when Christ was on the cross, 
The Bible said he was silent as a lamb. Jesus knew that he could empty out heaven with angels. He knew that just with, a, with his voice, angels out of heaven would have emptied out. And they would have come and saved him from a torturous death. There is a time for speaking. And there is a time from ref- to refrain from speaking, says Ecclesiastes. Wait for a period of time before firing up your temper and giving everybody a piece of your mind. Because not everybody wants your piece of your mind. Are you listening to me? Well, Pastor, that's hard. (laughs) Really? I wouldn't know anything about that. I don't even, not only do I have to hold my tongue, I got to hold my fingers. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I want to fire some stuff back on Facebook. Oh, I just, this person is my world. And three weeks later, this other person's my world. Six weeks after that, this is my world. They're building a solar system. This is my soulmate. I didn't know you could have 72 soulmates. Come on, somebody. Woo! Reflect on the situation in prayer. Then only after prayer, determine your plans. I'm not talking about praying, Lord, help me to kill them. Lord, give me wisdom how to hide the body. That's not what I'm talking about. We got to guard ourselves daily from the with the Word of God, and especially during times of transition. Because remember that Satan cannot stop you from your victories. So he will stop you from becoming who you are supposed to be when you get there. How many of us know people that started on the journey with a faithful spouse, but somewhere along the line, they made it to success, but at some point in time, left their spouse or the spouse left them? Let me tell you something. And I understand it happens. I'm not saying that every time is a bad situation. I'm not, but I don't want to be your pastor without pastoring my family first. I don't, want, I don't want to have success without my wife being beside me. And if we all, we all pretty much know that the reason for my success is my wife. Because behind every great man is a surprised mother-in-law. Listen to me, Cody. But God. Some people say the power corrupts. No, it doesn't. It just shows what was already there. What was already there in the recesses. You know, when people first get married, 
Here's what I tell them. Whatever you did to get together, you need to continue to do to stay together. You can't forget who you were and who you're becoming. Would you stand to your feet in this place today? Lord, today I give you praise and I give you glory. Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, there's no one like you. There's no one that can compare to you. God, right now, there are folks that are in all varying stages of transition. But Lord, would you speak to their heart, speak to their spirit right now? And then church, may I ask you, would you lift up your hands to him and tell him, God, help me to be the person I'm supposed to be when I arrive at the place you've called me to be. Whoo. In the name of Jesus. Lord I don't want to be somebody I'm not supposed to be. Lord I don't want to try to be somebody else. I, I just want to be who you've called me to be. I can either die. A horrible copy of somebody else. Or I can die the original you called me to be. The original Ronnie Reed. Can't nobody be Ronnie Reed better than Ronnie Reed. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit Life Team, would you come? Do I have some Spirit Life Team members? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next week here at CRCOG.